Hey there, it's Jim Stengel, host of the CMO Podcast. We're all marketers here, so let's be real for a sec. We all know that your website shouldn't be a static asset. It should be a dynamic part of your strategy to build your brand and drive conversions. That's Marketing 101. But 54% of marketing leaders say web updates take too long. That's over half of you listening right now. And that's where Webflow comes in. Their visual-first platform allows you to build, launch, and optimize web pages fast. That means you can set ambitious marketing goals and your site can rise to that challenge. Learn why teams like Dropbox, IDEO, and Orange Theory all trust Webflow to achieve their most ambitious goals today at webflow.com. Than, what's the first brand when you're growing up as a young boy on that farm in South Central Ohio? What's the first brand you remember making an impact on you? Maybe it's John Deere. Maybe it's something even <laughs> earlier. Yeah, you know, it, it seems like a, a, a home Homer uh, answer, if you will, but but no doubt. I mean, I I grew up around agriculture. I grew up around farm equipment, and make no mistake, my dad and uncle were convinced that John Deere equipment was the only ag equipment that they wanted to use and so jim i grew up on a john deere tractor uh i have got the pictures to prove it and that was no doubt the brand that had the impact on me hi i'm jim stengel and i help major brands find their purpose and activate it and the profits follow for seven years i was the global marketing officer for procter and gamble where i oversaw the marketing of hundreds of brands you may not know it But the CMOs, the chief marketing officers of all of your favorite brands, are trying to connect you with your favorite products and services through purpose. And on this show, I delve into how they do it. My guest today in the CMO podcast is Nathaniel Hartsock. He goes by Than, and he's the director of corn and soybean production systems at John Deere, the 183-year-old company with nearly $40 billion in revenue based in Moline, Illinois. I know what you were thinking. This guest sounds super interesting, but his title is not CMO or VP of Marketing, and you are right. Pardon the pun, John Deere, but this is pretty unplowed territory. Not enough is written about or discussed on what makes for an outstanding R&D and marketing partnership. And in most companies, it is tough to innovate and grow without R&D and marketing in a thriving relationship. My guest today, Than Hartsock, seems perfectly cut out to be a leader at John Deere. Than has a bachelor's degree in crop science from The Ohio State University, a master's in soil science from the University of Kentucky, and tops that off with an MBA from the Kellogg School at Northwestern. This is my conversation with a guy who just loves to plant seeds with marketing, Than Hartsock. Than, welcome to the CMO Podcast, and I have to start with... What drew you at 18 years old to study crop science at The Ohio State University? Yeah, glad to be here, Jim. Excited to spend some time with you. And uh, if I think back, that's been, that's been quite a few years ago, uh, that, that decision. But, but actually, uh, it's pretty easy. I, I come from southern Ohio, south central Ohio, where my dad and uncle and family uh, have had a couple generation corn, soybean, and wheat farm. And so agriculture is is in our DNA. Uh, it's, it's who we are. It's it's how we think. It's 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 what we do. And so uh, first eighteen years of my life were really spent around the farm, you know, doing the work of producing crops uh, with my dad and uncle and, and our team there. And um, 
uh, my both my dad, my mom, my uncle, uh, more recently my siblings. We've all gone to Ohio State. We're all Buckeyes, and so um, much different than probably today's college applicants. I only applied to one school. Right. <laughs> it was Ohio State, so that was clear. And then uh, the agriculture was clear too because of the background that uh, that I had. Uh, and, and kind of my uh, my family history and my experiences. What did your dad and mom study at Ohio State? Yeah, so dad's a dad's an ag economist uh, degree, and uh, mom's a school teacher, so education. Mm-hmm. And then uh, yeah, so um, <laughs> I guess the apple doesn't fall far far from the tree. I think is the the message there. You grew up on a farm. What sorts of things did you do in your daily rituals that was different from? the kids you went to high school with or some of the kids that did not live on a farm? Yeah. You know, first of all, growing up on a farm is, uh, is, is just a unique experience. Uh, we grew up on a, on a farm that we didn't own, but, uh, but we, we, it was one of the farms that we farmed on a rental agreement, thousand acres mm. there, uh, both crops and rivers and streams and ponds and forest. And, uh, and so just the opportunity to spend a lot of time outside in nature um, and then, of course, with a large uh, commercial farm like the one that I grew up on, um, you know, just the opportunity from pictures that I were taken when I was so young that I can't remember uh, to be out in the farm with with my dad, with the family, with our our employees in the machines uh, around the the crop, scouting, uh, just every part of what it takes to to successfully grow a crop as a farmer. I, I was. I was around it from the beginning, and so um, great, great experience to be able to grow, grow up outside in nature with your family uh, in the business. You know, watching, observing, learning uh, the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, farming is not an easy, not an easy career, um, but uh, but it's rewarding and uh, and one that actually today my my dad and uncle still farm a little bit smaller scale, but still farm today. And, and in fact, I still get back there. Uh, to to participate when I can was back recently to participate in the harvest and uh, it's just great a great way to grow up. So you must have had exposure to John Deere as a very young boy. That's uh, that's an understatement, <laughs> actually. Um, in 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 agriculture, especially in crop farming, uh, there are a couple several major manufacturers. Uh, John Deere, of course, being one of them, um, and uh, and like like some like other. Kind of big capital purchases, uh, whether it's on the consumer side or the business side, where there can be some pretty strong uh, allegiance, emotion, passion behind brand choices. And I can tell you, uh, there was no question on my family's farm what uh, what type of equipment we used, and um, and maybe we didn't, and still today don't always have the newest uh, equipment. But uh, regardless of the age or the genre of the machine, it's it's John Deere Green on our farm. And, uh, and I got to give my, again, my, my dad and uncle credit for teaching me early, uh, about the John Deere value proposition. Nothing runs like a deer, right? We've I've, I've heard right. that line yeah, before. Absolutely. Well, you're already going down this path, but you, you work for one of the most widely recognized brands in the world. I mean, it's gotta be in the top 10 or 20 and it has assets that just come to mind, right? The hat the green, the yellow, the tractor. But my guess is the John Deere of today is very different from the one you grew up with and from the one that most people think about. 
So I'd like you to go there a bit. What is the John Deere of today? I mean, how is it different in terms of capabilities, focus, strategies? Yeah, the, the John Deere of today is is a is in a transformation, uh, becoming a, a truly a, a smart industrial company. And, and at the core of that, when I when I say smart industrial, it it really underscores the fact that our machines, which are, are our core, right? You described the tractor with the the green and yellow trade dress. Uh, the, the core are our machines. Uh, they're they're reliable. They're durable. They're highly productive. They, they a farm like like my dad's farm depends on these machines to get the job done to make a living. But on top of those, I'll call them uh, uh, you know those key attributes that the, that the brand has been built on for for not just decades but for generations. On top of that is this emerging tech layer. Uh, we call it our tech stack. We're 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 literally um, you know today's machines are are connected to the cloud, right? We for 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 several years we've been shipping machines with with modem, modems built in that are connected in a way that the 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 farm manager can look at on a mobile app and see you know, where are the machines right now, how well are they performing, what is the job being done well? Uh, if the farmer chooses, he can he can provide access to uh, to the dealer to provide enhanced support. And uh, and so the the John Deere of today it's it's building on that foundation that made made John Deere what it is now with this different differentiated value creating technology stack that's uh, just just unlocking new levels of value on the farm that uh, that frankly twenty thirty years ago we couldn't have imagined. You're about twenty years at John Deere. You've had by my count about ten roles, so you know this company pretty well. The company was founded in 1837, so it's been around longer than almost every enterprise on the planet. So could you speak to a little bit about what is it about this culture that has kept it vital and relevant and growing for 183 years? Yeah. Yeah, so um, it's, it's, it's something I think about. Uh, and I can get into a little bit about why I spend so much time thinking about the, the culture because um, I've had a chance to to get exposure to other companies through through an MBA and through other through other other means and 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 understand difference in cultures. Even though I've been in the deer culture for twenty years, um, it's it's good it's good to also see get touch points outside. And I think it comes down to core values, um, you know. Any employee in John Deere can tell you what our core values are: quality, innovation, integrity, and commitment. Right? These are these are core to what we do. We live it. We breathe it. And and uh, and I think that goes hand in hand with agriculture. If you think about the customers that we serve, and certainly we serve more customers than just farmers, but that's that's the core. We were founded uh, by an inventor, uh, John Deere himself, uh, that literally saw a way to go out and help farmers farm better. And, uh, and and that's the innovation piece, and 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 the company built on that innovation through quality, you know, standing behind the product in a way that uh, customers knew, even if it wasn't right, right away, John Deere's going to make this right. Um, so innovation, quality, our commitment uh, to being there in the long haul, uh, you know, standing behind our word, which is ultimately delivers on the integrity uh, of the brand. So I, I think I think the core values, Jim, are what 
one of the key things that, that make the culture different. I would also add that um, we have many employees like me that come from the farm. Um, there's, there's, so that we have that natural tie. We, we get the chance to still interact with the, with the family farm on occasion, or in some cases we have employees that, that still live close enough to the farm that they're active participants. Uh, but there, but there also the reality is that there are, there are less farmers, you know, every year, right? This is this is a consolidating industry, and so we've been able to bring that culture forward with less farm background employees coming in, and uh, and I think that's a that's a sign of the sustainability of this culture, uh, benchmarked or linked to the core values. Uh, but being able to continue to kind of live, live and breathe uh, the uh, the values in the way that's that's been done for over 180 years. We've all been there. You spend millions of dollars each year driving traffic to your company's website, and then the results come in and they're just not what you hoped. On top of that, 81% of marketing leaders say website ownership is a challenge. So what do you do? Well, you switch to Webflow. Let me tell you why. Webflow's visual-first platform empowers your team to own your company's most valuable dynamic marketing asset, your website. From launching a new site to optimizing for SEO and conversions, Webflow gives you the tools you need to drive business growth fast. Unlock your website's full potential when you build, manage, and host with Webflow. Get started today at webflow.com. Okay, let's get into this relationship between R&D or the technical side of the business with marketing. And first big picture, Than, I'd like you to talk a little bit about what's the role or remit of R&D at John Deere? Yeah. So, um, you know, at, at, the, at its core, uh, what we're focused on with regard to research and development is unlocking new value. Um, and, and to your point earlier about change and the evolution of how, how companies that sustain change our our focus is is expanding beyond the core attributes of a John Deere machine which is strong quality reliable that's that that is core and will remain core but as we look forward how those machines and tech are are integrated with this technology stack this tech layer to create outcomes for the farm that, that have not been able to be created uh, before. So case in point, um, we're, we're, we're integrating artificial intelligence, machine learning, computer vision into machines that literally give uh, awareness, give eyes and brains to a sprayer or a combine in a way that the, the farmer who sits in the seat of the tractor, uh, he or she knows there are things that if I just could see this inside the machine, or if I could just look at every plant in this way, I would then make this adjustment. I'd make this application or make this change. And so now through advances in technology and, and where, our, where our energy is focused is to make uh, the machines scale, if you will, that farmer's intuition, that farmer's knowledge and, and bring, uh, bring the science and math to it. And so that's really where our energy is, is focused. Sounds like a pretty good place to be at John Deere within R&D. Sounds very exciting. Uh, what about marketing? Big picture again. Describe the role and remit of marketing at John Deere. Yeah, so marketing at John Deere uh, starts with the customer. Um, 
and and then again in, in our case, uh, and particularly in the area that I'm focused in, our, our customers in agriculture. Of course, we also serve construction, forestry, uh, and consumers as well. But the area I'm I'm laser focused in is is agriculture and crop production. And uh, for us, knowing deeply what that about that customer's business, what's what's the what are the levers uh, or where are the sensitivities to profitability? Because in particularly in crop production, margins are mm-hmm. razor thin. So where are those sensitivities? That that points a spotlight on us to bring technology, to bring investments, uh, to go unlock uh, new value or take risks away. Um, but it expands. And, and more recently, we were expanding our view of, of, of understanding and customer beyond just the, the business aspect, but also the science and the crop itself. So a corn producer, soybean, cotton, sugarcane, wheat, canola, these are all uh, different cropping systems. And so we're becoming expert in knowing not just the customer's uh, needs at a at kind of the individual level, but the science of what producing the crop uh, actually entails. And then we bring the pieces together and, and it's the, how the machine, the technology, even our John Deere dealer, how these pieces come together and 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 drive uh, drive a new solution for that for that farmer's business, which is typically producing a crop. You're sort of going here already, but I'd like you to talk about your current role as director of corn and soybean production systems. And in that role, I'd like you to talk a bit about how and in what areas you work most closely with your marketing colleagues. Yeah, so so I lead our corn and soybean production systems globally. And what that means is we understand, we acknowledge that our customers' core business in agriculture uh, is crop production. To their, his or her livelihood is made by most economically producing a, a bushel of grain or, 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 if it's, or if it's cotton, a bale of cotton or a module of cotton. And so my role is, is leading that effort for corn and soybean production systems is I've got a team that spends time upfront understanding where are the opportunities, where are the, where are the synergies to be unlocked when you, when you take a system approach and you understand, okay, this is how the job of, of planting corn, for example, is done today. But what if, what if we weren't constrained by these three things? Uh, or what if we have this deep understanding of how that corn plant reacts to nutrients or to the soil or to water? And we were able to influence that in a different way through machines and through technology. And then once we understand those opportunities, we size them and we say, well, how much value could there be? We start to build the business case for what, what, what the, what's the feasibility? What are the cost implications of going after a solution to unlock? We build these understanding of the opportunities. We prioritize them, we allocate resources or fund, and then we, we have the product management responsibility that defines the needs, the opportunities, the requirements, and we work very closely with our R&D uh, team, software developers, mechanical engineers, architects, to construct uh, the, the, the production system of the future. And so uh, at the end of the day, we wear the hat of where are the opportunities? How big is it? Where are we going to allocate and prioritize our resources? And then working as part of a team to develop and, and iterate on the solution 
so that we get that solution to the market to as many acres. In our terms, we measure machines and acres uh, as quickly as we possibly can because we know uh, that there are value in this, these types of solutions. Could you tell us or share with us a personal story of a fantastic collaboration experience that you have had with the, you know, the, I don't know, the customer, the demand side, marketing, if you will, and the technical side of the business? Yeah, I, I, I go back in my career and I think about some of the most exciting times. Um, and, and it really gets back to when we've, when we've blurred the lines between marketing and engineering or product development. And you truly do come together as a team. And that team has a clearly established vision that says, this is where we're going, right? This is our North Star. This is what together as a team we're going to go after. And, and, uh, and I say blurred the lines because when you have that, that, that team feel, right, that, that team uh, mantra, uh, the hats you wear actually also become blurred and, and multifaceted, if you will. And so specific examples, again, I go back to early in my career when, again, GPS was just starting to emerge and, and we were on the cusp. Uh, when I entered the company in, in 2001, we were just starting to integrate GPS and automation and controls into machines in a way that they would literally drive themselves. So today, it's 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 kind of funny to talk about because literally all all almost all large large ag machines are are equipped with what we call these guidance GPS guidance systems. But 20 years ago, that wasn't the case. We got to the successful place that we are by pulling together. Uh, a small, focused, dedicated team, product management, which would have been the role that I would have been serving. But you know, the best and brightest software and hardware engineers, and product development uh, resources and experts, we came together and, and essentially put our heads down and, and went after this opportunity. And when I look back and reflect on that, it was the, we, we had the vision, which was we can step function, improve the productivity on the farm. So getting more done in a unit of time, at the same time, eliminating waste because we can bring farmers the ability to guide these machines to the precision level of a couple centimeters. And I don't know if you've ever driven a big tractor, but you've probably mowed lawn. Before. I've been on a big this tractor. Is, is, very, very, yeah. very clumsy, but I've been on it. Yeah, and and if you you know if you're on a on a tractor that weighs thirty or forty thousand pounds with an implement behind it that might be 50 or 60 feet wide, trying to drive that machine precisely, you, what you do is you actually intentionally induce overlap, we call it, or waste, to make sure you don't have any skips. Well, now in, in today's machine, and what this team set out to do was make it so you literally hit a button. And now what used to be a three or four or five foot overlap, 10%, let's say, gets brought down to a few centimeters. And, and it's just instantly, it changed the game. And we could, we and the farmer could, you could, you could demonstrate this. And in, and in minutes, the light bulb goes off for us and for them to say, yeah, you're, you're not going to want to farm without this tool. In addition to the economic value, uh, what we found was there's, there was actually the intangible. I, as a farmer, as an operator of this machine, this makes farming more fun. I'm fresher. I don't get tired. Turn around looking 
uh, you know, as I drive this machine, I can focus on the quality of the job. I can be attentive to the, to the key things I need to. And I can do that for a much longer period of time than I ever did before. That's fantastic. You talked about the blurred lines, and I love that concept. And you put together a great team against a great opportunity. And that's where collaboration, that's where innovation happens. Uh, can you talk a bit about what that, you know, click down on that a bit more. What does that look and feel like when that's going on at John Deere? When you have marketing and, and, and the technical side of the business and, and other people who are necessary to, to uh, develop these ideas, what does that feel like? Yeah, it, when you've got the right team together, what it feels like is uh, the, the, these these lines blurring means on any given day, I, I don't sit in my silo. I don't I don't sit in my lane and wait for somebody to reach in and ask a question or or wait for or, or, or wait for somebody to ask me to do something. I'm on the team, right? We we've got one goal or one clearly articulated vision with a set of goals that we're going after together. Um, and, and we've, and I've seen it, you know, I gave the example with the guidance system where I felt it and I see it today when, 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 but it starts the foundation for that feeling of, of we're in this together. We're going to figure this out together. We're going to celebrate our successes together. It starts with having a clearly defined problem. You know, what, what is it that we're actually going after? Uh, and, and maybe more importantly, sometimes what is it not? Right, so what are we not going to try to solve with this effort with this team? But what what it feels like at the end of the day, um, you know, it's it's hitting on all cylinders. It's we we sometimes at Deer use the term it's a shared consciousness, where anyone on this team, whether you're wearing an inch, a software development hat, uh, whether you're a, a product manager, whether you're a product marketing expert, you know what this team's mission is. You know where the impediments are. You also know uh, what you're doing to solve those impediments or help each other uh, along the way. And, uh, and, and uh, the measure of that shared consciousness is, is often we joke about, you know, you can finish a colleague's sentence, right? It's, it's, it's just you're on, that, you're on that same wavelength. Now, you've had 20 years at Deer. I'm sure not every team has had that feeling and that focus. So when it's not there... What does that look and feel like? And it's probably the opposite of what you just said, but I would like you to riff on that a little bit. And your experience when a team was, and I've been on months that did not have a shared consciousness and it was not fun and the outcomes were not good. So how would you describe what that looks and feels like? Yeah, when, when, when the team isn't hitting on all cylinders, when, it's, when, it, when it doesn't feel right, what it, what it looks like is uh, the goal's not clear. So. And you'll hear questions like, well, what are we actually trying to accomplish? I mean, that's, that's the red flag, right? Like, now, now, what are we really trying to do? And if, and if that question comes up and there's not an answer, that's, that's when you know you've got a team that, that needs to become, uh, that needs to step back and, and reassess. Um, so, so I think those are the, those are the types of uh, feelings and, and kind of the essence of when a, when a team isn't clear on the objective. Um, I've also seen it when, when, and I think this is this is looking back in history, where, where we did operate more in our 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 silos, if you will. And, and speaking from experience, in my history, I, I entered the company in, in kind of traditional product marketing, and you had traditional engineering, 
And, and that alone would create the, well, you know, if I'm in marketing, all I'm going to do is ask for everything. And if I'm in engineering, all I'm going to do is try to be as conservative as I can to deliver, right? That's the, that was the, that was kind of the, the, uh, the decades ago approach. Whereas today you get, you bring these groups together sooner, right? You bring the team together from end to end. You eliminate handoffs, right? You reach across silos. And, uh, and, and, and everybody's got a stake in the, a stake in the game. And um, so, so definitely have some experiences there looking back and I, I know what it feels like. I know when there's that confusion um, and, and that can even manifest itself and, you know, and, and challenges and trust and, and, you know, you, you have to, you have to nip those uh, in the bud, as we say. What about your culture at Deer? which we've talked about a bit already, but what about the culture, the organizational design, the reward systems, the incentives? What about them in sense or, or results in this collaboration between all disciplines, marketing and R&D included? And is, are there any disincentives that you're still working to take away? Yeah, as far as our, our culture and our incentives, you know, we've, we've as I've described in my role, we, we're we not only put the customer at the center, we put the customer's business and how he or she produces a product, in this case, crops, uh, at, the, at the center of our, our value creation, if you will. And so uh, what unifies us across disciplines, across functions, is this commitment to be laser focused on having it deep understanding and a deep appreciation for that customer's challenges, the sensitivities, the problems, the opportunities. And, and this, this is no longer defined as just a, a, a portfolio problem or a marketing problem. No, this deep understanding transcends, right? Why, and now why does it transcend? Because we're all on a product development team. Right? We're all going after the same vision. We've got the same objectives. And yeah, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I've shared with you, I'm a scientist. I'm not an engineer. So, so my calculus is weak. Uh, but, but if there's something I can do to help, uh, help a mechanical engineer work on a, on a design, if I can give input, I'm going to be there. Right? Or conversely, if, I were the, if I'm the design engineer or the software developer, I've, I've got a, a thirst for understanding the science of how a corn plant grows because this actuator, this sensor that I'm working on, it needs to interface with that, that plant. And so um, I, think, I think the fact that we're focused on a production system, and again, the system is the combination of our machines, technology, how we integrate it, our dealers' support and services, as well as the other contributions that the industry makes. It's that system is how we see value to be unlocked. And the nature of a system is uh, dependencies, right? There's, there are synergies or dependencies between all the components. And so that organizationally draws us closer together. Is there anything that's a disincentive, anything that is a challenge to this spirit and this collaboration, this unity around the customer that you talked about? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the challenges I know that we face, and I'm sure other other companies and, and other industries do as well, is, um, is, is this tension between we want to get value 
to the to the customer as quickly as we possibly can. And, and even in my role, I, I'm, I get really excited about a, a new innovation that I see really early. And, and I, my mind just instantly goes to what's the shortest path to the customer? But at the same time, John Deere, the brand that we've talked about, the, the, uh, the, the culture that's been built over 180 plus years is founded in reliability, durability, machines that, that you just count on, right? That they, they get the job done. You turn the key. It's there. You lower the planter, it, it, it works. It puts seed in the ground uh, in the way that you expect it. So that tension between speed to market and uh, what we know customers expect, which is, well, better work. You know, when you get it to me quickly as a farmer, it also uh, needs to work reliably. And so um, that navigating, that, that, that trade-off, um, and, and trying to make it as little of a trade-off as it can be. Uh, so at the end of the day, the, the customer gets the, the, the value and the experience uh, that he or she has, has, uh, has counted on and, and just expects uh, from John Deere. What's the biggest difference in how you work together at John Deere from when you started 20 years ago? Yeah, we're, we're uh, first of all, I, I, I feel like I know a heck of a lot more now than I did than I did 20 years ago. And it's fun to reflect on a career um, at John Deere where I've had a chance to, to live all over the world and work with just so many outstanding people, both in Deere and, and across the industry. And of course, farmers uh, are the customer that I get to work with so much. Um, so, so I look at my growth that, that in itself uh, is, has been uh, has been outstanding uh, opportunity for me. Um, we are we are today so focused on value, right? And and not that we weren't before, but how we unlock and create new value for the farm, um, and so aligned across the company on the role that technology plus equipment or machines and the deep integration and how all of these pieces fit together across the system um, that I think clarity of, of, of our future, the vision for where we're headed and how we are going to get there, uh, certainly for me in my 20 years has, uh, has never, been, never been more clear and no more, uh, never been more exciting than it is today. Than if you had to boil it down to three really fundamental principles for successful collaborative relationship among your teams with marketing and the technical people, what would those three bedrock principles be? You know, two or three. Yeah, if I think about these, these power principles, if you will, um, for, for successful collaboration between Product develop, across product development, marketing, engineering, software development. Um, first of all, it starts with uh, a clear vision. Do we know where we want to go? And, and if you know where you want to go, or you know, if you're in a product management role, uh, if you're in a strategy role, whatever function, if, if it's clear to you, make sure it's clear to the team. And I found, uh, I've been in those types of roles where you define strategy, define vision, it takes a while to get there in your own mind. And then when you're done, you then have to restart and say, okay, now I've got to get 
the rest of the team comfortable and, and take that feedback and, and incorporate that feedback. Whereas you'd like to sometimes just take a deep breath and say, well, now the vision's clear. Let's get to the next step. So step uh, point one is clear vision, communicated, articulated, and uh, and I'd say to the point of, of your own exhaustion so that it becomes clear to the rest of the organization. Second, we've talked about it uh, today, is this concept of blurring the lines. Um, you know, yes, we, have, we all have titles. Um, you know, I'm marketing, you're engineering, I'm software, you're order fulfillment, I'm manufacturing, you're, uh, you know, you're, you're machine learning. Um, at the end of the day, the success comes when there's a team that comes together and says, yeah, this is the expertise I bring. This is what I've done from an experience standpoint. But we take point one, we've got a vision. Uh, point two, we blur the lines and said, hey, we're going to plan our work. And, and, and in our case at Deer, we, we often use agile principles and methodologies to plan our work in, in short sprints, bite-sized chunks. And, and it's all hands on deck to remove impediments, go after, uh, go after the work, and then demonstrate that work uh, on a regular basis. And then third, um, I would summarize by saying, when the times get tough, when, when questions, hard questions surface, when uncertainty exists, you fall back to values. And, uh, and, and I, I contend that we live and breathe our core values at John Deere across the board. And, uh, and, and you see it in the products we develop, you see it in the relationships we have both internally uh, amongst ourselves, as well as uh, with our with our very valued uh, distribution channel, our John Deere dealers, uh, as well as as our our customers. What would you say is the key to success for today's CMO? If you said data, you wouldn't be the only one. At Deloitte, however, we believe data is only half of the equation. The other half, story, because data is the language of business, but story is the language of humans. And we believe the most successful CMOs know how to harness the power of both data and story. To learn more about Deloitte's CMO program and how we can help today's CMOs succeed, visit cmo.deloitte.com. So we have a lot of listeners on this podcast from all walks of life, but we have a lot of marketers who are listening. Uh, I'd like you to share your practical advice or tips to these marketers who want to take their relationship with R&D, engineering, the technical side of the business to a different level to achieve better results for whoever they're serving. So what would be your practical tips and advice for doing that? Yeah, I would start with, um, I would start with an emphasis on uh, attitude, hmm. right? If, if, if you're a marketer that has the attitude of, I'm going to go out and learn as much as I possibly can. Right, this open-mindedness, curiosity—that um, that sets the tone with whomever you're communicating. And, and to your question, if your if your role is is to collaborate with product development with R and D, then that open-mindedness, that curiosity, that inquisitiveness, is is what will then establish this 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 level of communication and ultimately trust, which says, "Hey, you know things that." That, that I should know, and I know things that you should know. We're we're in this together. Um, so I think I think those are some of the characteristics I would uh, I, I'd encourage, and I've I've learned that uh, you know the, the, through experience that um, 
when you approach things that way, uh, when you approach experts with deep expertise that way, you, you, you find a, a willingness uh, to engage. I think second, um, for me, I see certainly in the John Deere future, and I suspect many, uh, I know many other industries is technology becoming so core to what we do that we all are becoming tech, more technical, right? And so the, the, the traditional days of thinking that, well, marketing is a little less technical than the, than the product development folks. That's, that's yesterday, right? Um, we talk about having a tech mindset. I had the chance uh, to spend, uh, so first of all, I was, I was involved in, in uh, the acquisition uh, we made a few years ago of Blue River Technology, a Silicon Valley startup um, focused on computer vision and machine learning in agriculture. I, I was involved in, in, in that, uh, that acquisition. And then a few years later, I had the chance to go live in the Bay Area and be part of Blue River. And that immersion in technology in the Bay Area, uh, whether you're talking downtown San Francisco, uh, you know, uh, Palo Alto, Sunnyvale, Mountain View, Cupertino. I mean, when I say these names, that's Apple, Google, Facebook, Uber. They're all there. And, and to be kind of dropped in to that culture really showed me that there's a whole mindset, a tech mindset that I think is important to marketers to have uh, so that uh, when you're thinking about whether you're on the front end in product development, uh, it's probably more obvious as to why that technical uh, capacity is important. But even on, even as you bring things to market, being able to to, to look at problems and opportunities with that tech lens um, is is I think it's important today. Uh, it's it's becoming uh, you know a non-negotiable not to have. And so, a deep tech mindset is probably another uh, tip or piece of advice I'd have to offer. Let's transition into the creator brief. So what's the best day at work you've had in 20 years? Had a lot of good days at work uh, over my 20 years. Um, you know, probably for me, and when I measure best as a, as, a, as a word that probably needs some definition. For me, I measure best as the, the intersection of where I, where I felt good. You know, you have this feeling of, wow, this, this, was, a, this was a tough road and we're here. The intersection of that with, and this is going to have an impact, mm. and uh, and for me, uh, the acquisition of a of of the Silicon Valley startup Blue River Technology, um, that uh, that I was deeply involved in, knowing knowing how bringing that that company's culture to Deer, uh, and their and the innovation and the people and the team. Uh, and the impact that could then have on us going forward, knowing what that was going to be. Uh, so the day that that became real, if you will, uh, was was probably the best, my best day at Deer. The most inspiring person in your life. You know, when I when I think about inspiration, where it comes from, what it means, uh, you know, what drives, what it motivates. I, I go back to my my uh, my family, and then specifically, you know, so first, first of all, I'll say family. In this case. Uh, in terms of career impact and, and just who I am, uh, my dad, who's a farmer, uh, who those first 18 years I farmed with, uh, you know, you know, side by side. And still today we talk 
several times a week about the farm and how things are going. But but the farm was just a a mechanism to to spend time together, right? To do things we like together. But the reality is, it's the uh, when I think about the risks that farmers and that my dad has taken, the ups and the downs. And let me tell you, there have been downs, right? There have been valleys, and yet the way he comes through that uh, with with, with optimism, with a positive outlook, that's uh, that's instilled in me uh, a way to approach tough times in a way that um, uh, I'm not sure I could get otherwise. What would you like to see the world of marketing and advertising do more of? And what would you like to see them do less of? I think, uh, you know, if I think about world of marketing, advertising, generally speaking, what, what, what needs to be done more is clear articulation of value in terms end customer decision maker can understand. Um, if I think about our, our customers, farmers, um, the, the barrage of information that they're, they're sifting through, uh, at the end of the day, just to make a decision that has an ROI that clears a hurdle that's that's that they, they define for their business. And so, um, you know, pulling back, uh, you know, the excess and getting to the core value message, I think uh, I think we can all we can all continue to do better there. Um, I, I would also build on that by saying I'd, I'd like to see us use the channels that are available to have more uh, dialogue, to have more insight going both ways. And I've referenced Twitter uh, because Twitter is a way that I feel like I can keep a pulse on a broad survey of my customer base globally and, uh, and really get a feel for what, what's on the mind, what's weighing, what, what are they thinking about? And so I think, well, something we can also do more is just use those, those emerging channels in new and different ways. As far as uh, what what can we do less of, um, you know, it probably comes down to just uh, less of less of the messages that that maybe don't matter, right? So so getting getting uh, getting rid of maybe maybe because we've always done it this way, we're going to keep doing it this way and add to it, you know, a message, a venue, an event, um, uh, certain content. Um, and, and content proliferation, right? To where you know, let's 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 start over. Right? Let's start over and say now, now today, with this product, this customer, this service, this solution, what are we really trying to accomplish? And what you know, the white sheet approach, if you will, the white sheet of paper, clean sheet of paper, I think is is uh, is is a real opportunity for us to to evolve. No, oh, I love it. Thank you for this discussion. I mean, illuminating, inspiring, your personal story as well. Your family sounds terrific. So uh, I hope you're enjoying the Thanksgiving holiday with them this year on the farm. Absolutely. They expect us back. That's for sure. Very good. Thanks again, Thad. This has been wonderful. Thank you. Enjoyed it. That was my conversation with Thad Hartsock. Three takeaways from this one for your business and life. The first one... There were so many insights on how to build an effective multidisciplinary team. The importance of blurred lines, we're all in this together. The importance of a clear vision, clear goals, talking about your values. This was a lesson on highly effective teams. Second takeaway, 
the importance of core values when times get tough. Than talked about the values of John Deere coming to life throughout his career, and when there were difficult times in his career, the values shined through and got him through difficult situations. Third takeaway, everyone has to have a tech mindset in business today, whether you're in software, agriculture, marketing especially, we're all in technology and we need to ensure that we know that, we stay current, and we keep ourselves learning and developing. That's it for this episode of the CMO Podcast. If you found this helpful and entertaining, I would be so grateful if you could share our show with your friends. And I would be super happy if you subscribed so you can be updated as we publish new episodes. And if you really want to help, leave us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. The CMO Podcast is a Gallery Media Group original production.